do a sip of Old Crow with me? Yeah. Yeah. Cool, thanks. No problem. Ooh. Nice. I don't know where the fuck we left off. We took a little break. I don't know if this edit will work or not. <laughs> but uh, we were talking so, about so August 31st. I just spilled White Claw all over 33. my <laughs> Pappy has just messaged Chucker about what he I says have. at the end. No response yet? Uh, let me just double check. All right. Check the, check the DMs. I'm checking. Hang on. Sorry. It wouldn't recognize my damn fucking fingerprint. <laughs> Because it's covered in old crow. True. Still no response. Okay. We will have an update. Yeah. Keep track on that. Interrupt Someday, maybe. If, hopefully. If you yeah. need to. Uh, even if it's not tonight, maybe we can drop something in if you do get a response. Hey, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, don't mean to interrupt there. Um, this just in. Uh, we, we got a message on the internet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for it's interrupting. It's our first one. <laughs> it's oh my gosh. first message on the internet. Oh my god. <laughs> he scared me. So as we said earlier, Justin was messaging John, the guitarist of the Dopamines, and he actually got a response back. Uh, you want to give us a recap there? Yeah, so uh, that night uh, we messaged him, hey, maybe this is somewhere on the internet, and I didn't see it, but in 083133, what do you say before the heavy outro? Is it put that in your fucking shine box? And is it a Goodfellas reference? Doing a shit show of a podcast about tales of interest or something. Thanks. And he responded the next day in the afternoon, so pretty quickly. He said, <laughs> I was surprised. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But here's the thing. I was kind of too afraid to open it before, and we were on our way to Longwood Gardens. So I was like, I'll just wait. Like, I didn't even look. I was like, I have a message, and I bet it, it might be from him. And I don't want to read it because it might break your heart. Because it might break my heart. Did I have to read it for you? No, but okay. But then uh, we got home from Longwood Gardens probably 1030 at night, yeah. 11 o'clock. I'm only saying this because he messaged at 1.14 and said, Yep, Goodfellas reference. I wrote the song for my son. The numbers are when he'll turn 21. So it confirms that as well. Yeah, what we thought. Boots had said. And I didn't respond, obviously, because I was at Longwood Gardens. He was trying to make him wait. He didn't want to seem too eager. (laughs) Exactly. So then, five hours later, he messaged me again and said, Feel free to ask me anything. I'll give you a long-winded answer. And then I never never asked him anything else. (laughs) I did say that I would probably bug him at some point, but that has not happened. He did ask what the name of the podcast was and then immediately asked, is it tight? <laughs> did you respond to that? I did. I said it's something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I did tell him what it was, and I gave him the uh, premise of the show and uh, said basically we're just bullshitting about the record. And he said, that sounds cool. I'll definitely check it out. And that was the end of our exchange. That's pretty dope. <laughs> dope oh my God. dope no that's dope. that's cool uh that's yeah. cool that he responded got some information and if you're listening chucker fuck fuck you dude i don't know fuck you man <laughs> oh, yeah no thanks for thanks for responding yeah i know you're a huge fucking rock star but uh got our it, first rock star on the show my yeah God, but we do so cool. re- we really appreciate you answering that because for the longest time i had no idea what you were actually saying at that part and I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, what? what's the shine box? We still don't know what a shine box is. We should probably watch Goodfellas. Have you ever I've seen, seen Goodfellas? I've seen it, but I haven't watched it for a long time. Yeah. So. I watched it not too long ago. I mean, it's I've a very good film, but... watched it a long time ago. I feel like it's the kind of thing where it's just too long for me to hold my attention. Yeah. Sure. Especially for yeah. you poots. Yeah, I'm not good at movies. Well, John, yeah. if, you di- if you are listening to this for some reason, <laughs> like you actually decided to check it out, um, and you've made it this far. And you've made it this far. Thank you for listening. And also, if there's anything that just sounds like, I mean, it all sounds terrible because we were fucking wasted. But if anything sounds like something that is not actually accurate and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Feel free to, to let us know. Call us out. Call us yeah. the fuck out. Tell us everything yeah, we got wrong. Which was everything. Probably. Which was probably every, everything. Which was recording the episode. So, yeah. All right. Back to the show. Anyway, so yeah, August 31st, 2033, letter to his son, moving on. Pav, pa- Pavlovian fix, 
fixation. Pavlovian fixation. What? <laughs> <laughs> words and whiskey. Pavlovian fixations. Pavlovian. Lov? Love. Love? Pavlov. I am. Pavlovian. I guess it would be Pavlo- Pavlov. Pavlovian. Pavlov. Because it's Pavlov. Yeah, Anyway. Fixations. Pavlo- Pavlovian. What What do you guys got? Poots is <laughs> breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's breaking. Um, well, I just, uh, the first line, or, well, it's not the first, it's the first line, where are we now? Um, but the oh, second yes. time, where are we now? Grinding our cigarettes into the same patch of concrete. And then later he says, where are we now? Grinding the same words, same chords into the same patch of concrete. Um, I felt like I could relate to that. We just keep doing the same shit while the world keeps spinning. And I felt like maybe the song is, personally, I saw it as like trying to break that cycle. Um, and I think it's, you know, beyond that, I think it's a good song. I don't have any notes on this one. Oh. Poots was just like shaking her head violently at me. Like I was so wrong. Like she was like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't she just sure where she was like, going with that no. head shake. <laughs> no. Um, and, then, and then she's like, I don't have anything for this song. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I say what I say and I'm just like oh I'm, I'm so, so sorry I'm so wrong no Poots. no no it was me being like I don't have anything just skip me please um well we're not gonna skip you you may not have any any deep notes but like what do you think of the song like just a generalization of the song give us something I just think it's like a good song I don't know that I got like super deep into the lyrics or like researched anything too much of this like I, there's not a single song on this record that I'm just like I don't enjoy this I like it but it's not a standout for me. Okay. That's that's fair enough. And in reference to that, again, going back to if you own the vinyl copy of this, if you look at the etching inside of the vinyl, they had etched all rippers, no skippers. And that is a very true statement. It really is. They are all rippers. There's not a song on here yeah. that I feel like I need to skip when listening to this record. Not at, at all. all. Mm-hmm. Um, like even a song like this where like I didn't do a deep dive into it it's never a song that I would skip it's just not one that I latched onto quite as much as the other songs like it flows well in the record it fits it's just good but it's not a standout for me personally fair enough Um, yeah yeah I kind of agree like I really like this song too Um, it doesn't hit home like some of the other tracks do as much but I do love the the lines like you said Justin where it says where are we now like grinding uh, our cigarettes in the same patch of concrete like we're just doing the same things like what are we doing we're still doing the same thing like we're still in the same spot just hanging out smoking cigarettes or you know whatever that vibe is for you I really like that line. It it really gets you right. It's like mm-hmm. the first line in the song too. It's coming out of um, the song before it. Yeah, it's 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 a really good transition from like that weird, hardcore breakdowny noisy ending of the song before it coming into this song. It kind of hooks you mm-hmm. and grabs you, brings you back into the record. For sure. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, move on. Let's move on. Okay. Open letter. We're getting through this bad boy. <laughs> The only thing I only have one thing written down, and uh, when we saw them at Fest this previous time, uh, last year, yes, he said that this is a song about Fat Mike, and then they oh. went into it. So it's an open letter to Fat Mike, and if you listen to it, it kind of makes sense. Like I w- all the sh- all the shit that happened with Fat Mike over the past few years, you know, you think about that stuff, and then. And also, he's a huge NoFX fan. Um, As am I. Like, so I kind of wish I had known that. I would have uh, kind of tried to translate the lyrics a little differently, knowing that. Yeah. I just love the line, um, just because you've got respect doesn't mean you're non-exempt. Just make a fucking effort. Like, dude, what are you doing? Just, like, get back on track. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm a big NoFX fan. They were one of the first, like, real punk bands I got into of, like, the big you know no effects uh descendants bad religion rancid those kind of bands um no effects was the one that i was first hooked on uh at a young age and i just kind of have always followed them in a sense i've weirdly for a band that i really really love i've never seen them live uh i'm also very aware of the fact of how shitty fat mike can be and has been and i i mean they're whole thing isn't being offensive but part of their thing is just like let's say some stuff that might not be the best which got them in trouble a couple of years ago um which we don't need to get into that but um 
I know that they're a shit show and it's kind of cool knowing that they're writing a song to a band that they are inspired by but also are aware of kind of shitty <laughs> which is weird coming mm. from a band who's also kind of shitty but not to the point of no effects clearly but uh, um, right yeah that's that's interesting that he that he wrote that towards fat mike and yeah i know that he yeah. he's really into no effects and all that stuff so and i'm really hoping right now that i am accurate in saying from my drunken drunken state at fest that he, that that they said this was a song about fat mike i hope i'm not just making that up <laughs> i don't remember so i'm gonna take your word for it <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was said i'm sure it is like i mean in the interview that i have like pulled up that i quoted a lot of things from he says it's more of like a looking in the mirror kind of thing and like is calling out people that like phone it in but then also reflecting on the fact that that's kind of a shitty and unfair statement because like just because you think they phoned it in doesn't mean that they didn't actually truly work hard on it but also i think it's funny to have listened to like not to always go back to this but like the whole road to the skeleton coast where we listened to where like brendan talked about like fat mike basically being like i don't like this but i'm gonna put it out anyway or just like saying i don't like this like it seems like he fucking hates everything that he puts out and like that's kind of weird because to me that's kind of just being as a record label phoning it in being like i don't like this but i'm gonna put it out because it's gonna make me money but like that's not very punk rock like you should be like i'm putting this out because i like it it's and so if you're digging deeper into that to me like that's kind of how i look at that yeah and i I could see like yeah fat mike is kind of this punk icon in some sort of way but also he's a businessman when it comes down to it he's got a record label he needs to Mm -hmm. support his record label he's going to put out stuff that he thinks and knows is going to sell to the people and the community of punk that he knows quote-unquote worships his music and or record label and shit like you know he may not like the lawrence arms but knows that the lawrence arms will sell so he'll put out their records which that's a decision you have to make as somebody who owns a record label you you're not gonna love every single thing you put out i mean to an extent i mean there are labels who do that i'm not trying to say you know that's like a passion project it's not really so much a money-making thing like that's not their business yeah so like that is another view of looking at how shitty fat mike can be is (laughs) um you guys want to talk about fat mike and no effects some more or move on to the next song nope i'm good let's move on so next song let's do it interesting title expect the worst i have some insight into this if you would like to know about this i would like to know about it enlighten us so this is another old track that was re-recorded for this album um it was originally called douglas bubble trousers which is (laughs) apparently Which is apparently a hot a hot rod reference, so I'm surprised, Josh, that you didn't know this because I think you enjoy hot rod. I I do enjoy that movie. What was the name again? Douglas Bubble Trousers. <laughs> I still can't pinpoint it, but that sounds like something that would have been said in that movie. Uh, yeah, and a movie they would reference for sure. Yes, I can't handle that. So I was confused as to why I didn't know what this song was. I guess. I just looked it up. It was on the Dear Landlord split, which is not, like, on Spotify. Like, I didn't know. Or at least their tracks aren't on Spotify Yeah. for that split. So I have no reference as to what it originally sounded like. Um, but I did read that this was, like, one of their favorite, one of John's favorite songs or something, and he wanted to re-record it. And originally, so for me personally, I wrote down, this is the title of you know their first album or their second album expect the worst uh song reminds me of something that would have been off of that record and i was wondering is that why they named it that or was it an old b-side i don't know and uh, i said that the ending was very like expect the worst era feel like it just had that feeling and then i found out that it was a re-recording from the dear landlord split and they renamed it because the record Tales of Interest was uh, definitely darker and was a very serious, much more serious tone than anything they had done. And all the other song titles were serious. So they're like, we can't have a fucking song title called 
Douglas bubble trousers. Even though so, the record is named uh, after a Futurama episode. I know. I know. Like, they couldn't. I know. <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying. Like, exactly. It wouldn't fit with the rest yeah. of the track titles, but yeah. Right. So I guess uh, the other John was like, why don't we call it Expect the Worst? Because that sounds kind of like, oh, we're referencing an old album. What's that all about? <laughs> like, let's add some intrigue to this, you know? So that's so it really that's what it is. I w- is a, a psych out of a title. Yes, it's a, it's like a psych out. Yeah. yeah, like I had no idea it was another song because I think I've heard the da- the Dear Landlord songs from that split, but I don't think I've heard the Dopamine songs, and I I got to do that. I need to do that. Cool, cool. Poots, are you alive? Are you okay? Poots is dead, and she's got nothing. Nothing. I think she's like checked out for the rest of the podcast. I don't know. Are you done? Do we need to save this for a part two? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> we're almost. We're almost there. Let's. We're yeah, on I the home did, stretch. I don't have anything to can. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we are. No, like I just don't have anything specific to say about that song. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Josh, do you have anything to say about Expect the Worst? <laughs> the only note I wrote down was the line from the song, which is "Bite my nails down to the quip." Because I bite my nails all the time to the point where it hurts. Oh, you yeah. both do that. Yeah. And I yeah. hate and it I both do so it. much. Yeah. I'm getting better at I've it. I've been getting due better. To, uh, I've, I was better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, COVID made you both stop chomping I your stopped, fingernails. I stopped for months and then recently it happened just again. And I just got glare. back into it. And I've been trying so hard to stop. But, you know, our, our cat. Our cat passed away, and it was stressful. It and was I think very that's, stressful. That's what happened. I'm not trying to make excuses no, for myself. No, that is when you started it's... chewing again, but I just glare at you. I mean, between the both of, both of us, it is a stress-induced tick. Uh, you can yes. tell when we're both stressed out or nervous about something because we just are chomping our fingers and poots just start yelling yeah. at either it's of us. so gross. It I mean, is, I but it's, it's a... It's a habit. It's been That's the yeah, thing. Part it's of my like life. you guys put your fingers in your mouth and, and it's I gross. pick mine. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's a coping mechanism. It, it, yeah, yeah, like I mean, I understand that like it's a fucking thing, but like, you know, anyway. Anyway. Bite uh, my nails down to the quick. There was something I was going to agree with you, Pappy, but I forget what it was that you said. Um, I did say that the ending felt really expect the worst. Like yeah. that era, yeah. It's it's just fucking good. It's a good one. If they would have recorded it and put it on expect the the actual record, expect the worst, I would have been like, oh, yeah. this is a song that belongs on expect the worst. It's a cool song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, the word, the uh, like oh, the pace yeah. and the the wordplay yes. is pretty good. Like you know, yeah, all that stuff. He's really good at at word placement and like the rhythm and like lyric structure and where the words fall and how they they flow. Uh, this is another song that is a great example of that. I really enjoy like just the way the the for sure the vocals are presented and and flow throughout the song. It's another catchy one that makes you want to sing along. Which is really interesting. Like that whole thing is really interesting to me because like when he was being interviewed and they asked about like his writing process, he was just like, "It's my favorite part because I just go down about any path I can to reach the result that I need." <laughs> so like he basically like, "Well, look in like a dictionary, a thesaurus, rhyming dictionary, encyclopedias, Wikipedia books, whatever like d- like to get through the dumbest shit to figure out a way to like make it not sound stupid." So like it's really funny that like he does have such like kind of brilliant and like relatable and interesting sounding lyrical content when it's like he just fucking spirals into whatever shit to get there apparently yeah well i mean like common rue rue is an archaic form and it just means regret so it's a common regret so it's like oh did did he look that up in the dictionary for sure he absolutely did oh archaic form of regret real cool sounds cool sounds dark so let's move on let's do it this is this is interesting because this is the interesting part of the record to me because this next song kind of feels like it's technically the end of the record to an extent okay um calte's ende and endy Whatever you, again, not good with words or reading or spelling or life. Uh, so, I don't give a fucking shit. Also, whiskey. Yeah, fuck it. I, I yeah, can't read, it. but also whiskey. <laughs> I, 
I can read the the label on the whiskey bottle. Yeah, so it kind of feels like if you look at it, it kind of feels like the first song is the entry into the record, mm-hmm. and this is the yes. end of the record. I see to an extent, yeah. and uh, you know, and I'm not saying that the the following songs aren't a part of the record. I think it still all flows together as well, but I think in some way they are. This is a. I don't know how to put it, but like this is some sort of ending to what like you've the, been listening to. A bookend of some sort. Yeah. I was about to say it's kind of like a bookend to it. Um and it's really interesting that you said that because I've got some more shit for you here. Go for so, it. Calte I figured Ente, you would. The cold duck reference. So it also was originally Caltus Ende, which also means cold duck, but it will also <laughs> but it also meant cold end in German. Oh. So it, that makes sense that you were like, oh, this could be the end of the record. It means cold end. Um, and before I looked up too much about this song, I thought to myself, this sounds like the loss of a loved one to addiction. Um, okay. And then I did a little more deep dive into the whole cold duck thing. And they wanted to originally just have a song called Cold Duck. But they thought it sounded too stupid for how serious <laughs> the other song titles were. Yeah. So they looked it up. They looked up the history of it, and they realized it was Caltus Ende. And they were like, oh, shit, it also means cold end. And it was fitting for that song because it was actually about the death of a family member. Wow. So it, it you know, kind of, it, it, they were like, what started as a joke actually was very fitting for that song. Gotcha. Wow. Not to, I mean, I guess that's kind of a downer, but I mean, it is. I mean, th- there's the a lot is. of a lot of downer points in this record. I think we've hit a lot of points on that, but yeah, it's always hits a little harder when it's about the loss of somebody. Um, yeah. Do you have any notes, boots? Josh, do you have anything else? I have one other thing, but if you if it got anything before I say, these notes don't make a lot of sense, but I'll try here. The one thing I kind of have is just like the O's and Ahs. And like the the harmonies on this song, just always really get me. They just kind of have that that feeling to them that that always hits the right spot, like in that sad mm. way, <laughs> almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this this song can can have some feels to it for sure. I also put down. There's that uh, before the ending. There's like this little guitar break right <laughs> right before the ending, and to me. It just really has this like total no effects feel. I don't know if you, as somebody that listens to no effects a lot more than me, yeah, if you caught that at all. Um, there's like these dueling, not dueling guitars, but kind <laughs> of you know like the. I don't know how I don't know how how else to explain it. Um, but it just has this total no effects feel, and now you're saying about like the oohs and the ahs i feel like no effects kind of has a lot of oohs and ahs even though yeah. they make fun of that shit a lot but <laughs> they do um, and they do i feel like there's some influence there yeah but that's all i got yeah it's a great song like i said it kind of can feel like not an outro but the end of this <sighs> again i don't know how to put this because you still get three more tracks that are really yeah. great um I think this completes it's like the end but then there's an epilogue or something like yeah that makes sense that feel I, it does feel that way I think it's interesting though to me it's cold end and I feel like that track is very like serious as it's about losing somebody and not that the other songs following it are not serious and I know one is a cover but I feel like to me business papers repri and Everybody dies, have some hints of uh, hope in them. Yes, and so it's kind of like the rest of the record is ending the the negativity kind of, and there's this like hopeful beginning. I can't okay. say that I can't say that about Heartbeaten by the Police because that's kind of <laughs> yeah, it's not very positive. But I think I f- I, I think Heartbeaten by the Police is almost a palate cleanser. Yeah, before getting into like okay, things aren't so bad. Right. That's how I kind of feel. And I think it's interesting you brought that up because I feel like that definitely is kind of a signifier of that, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's I think that's perfect. Um, I think that kind of helps me center my thoughts on like how I'm trying to explain the end of this record. 
let's go from there into so it kind of starts closing out on this song and then it goes into a cover song (laughs) (laughs) so heart beaten by the police by the hi-hats i got that the hi-hats did did i they're a band from sweden sweden okay cool did everybody listen to the original of heart beaten by the police yes yes cool so yeah it's by the hi-hats pappy you said they're from sweden i'd never heard of this band i don't i don't know anything about them um what did you guys think about the original i like the cover more (laughs) yeah i as well i listened to the original and i liked it it was good it was very good but i mean the first time i ever heard it was obviously the dopamines version and i think it just fits really well Yes. And it feels it feels like a dopamine song, which is really cool. Like it doesn't just sound like a cover. I had no when I first heard the record I didn't know it was a cover, you know. I didn't know it was a cover either, but I, I also feel either. like they did the song justice. Like yeah. I don't think they like yes. did anything too crazy to it because it's still a punk song. Yeah. But they did a really good job. They made it their own but also didn't change a lot from the original. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a little bit of right. a different energy and a different tone. The original is more of that I don't want to say lo fi, but you know, it's a little more help me out here. What am I trying to say? It's kinda lo fi. Like garage rock. Yeah, fuzzy garage rock. Yeah, yeah, garage. Fuzzy, garage yes, rock, that's what I, that's yeah. what I was looking for. Garage you know, rock, punk rock kind yes. of thing. Yeah. It's definitely more rocking. Um, it's got a little bit of like a fifties rock and roll vibe to it. Um, which like a lot mm-hmm. of like those garage rock bands kind of do. And I think like if you really look at the dopamines, they kind of have a lot of that with their harmonies and things like like that. It kind of has a little bit of oldies influence in a weird way, which yeah. I really like a lot of oldies. Uh, it's a weird thing that I like a lot. <laughs> so that kind of aspect gets me too when they like, if this wasn't a cover, I think this would be one of my favorite tracks. But since it's a yeah. cover, it just doesn't feel right to uh, call it one of my favorite tracks on there. But I still really... like. Mm-hmm. This is another go-to song on this record for me. I really like it. I like the harmonies and just the subject matter of it uh, all together. Yeah. I think it's the only song that the bassist sings on this record, and usually he has a few tracks on the other records where he's, you know, some originals... At least it seems, and I could be wrong, but I mean, I think, I think it's just Chucker on all the other songs, besides like you know backing vocals and like trading there's a, lines here yeah. and there. So I think it's interesting, like that's the only song he's singing on this. And I think I heard, I think we were listening to something where you know, the bassist was busy. He's got a bar or something, so the writing process was a little more so on Chucker's plate than it was previously. Um, but they still did everything together. I also do love the liner note about doing this cover, yes. and it's that uh, we can't get in touch with them. Hopefully, they don't get pissed. It sounds like they tried to reach out to him to see if it was okay that they did the cover or maybe get some sort of approval and never got a response. Mm-hmm. It's easier to do and then ask for forgiveness. Yeah. 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 They did total justice to the song. I think it sounds great. It's definitely worth checking out the OG and comparing side by side and just... You know, I agree. Getting, getting both vibes. They picked a I really like, good song to cover. Agreed. Um, I I like the cover better, but the original is still really good. Uh, it's just not my total style of punk. Like I'm not totally into lo-fi and/or garage rock so much. I mean, I have an appreciation for it for sure. Um, just something I don't seek out a lot. Same. Also, j- just like the lyrical context context of this song even though it's not super deep or crazy or anything it's it's kind of the 2020 eyes reading these lyrics is kind of crazy it really really is yeah Yeah. i mean just the idea in general of just being heartbroken and it's almost like there's just something about harmonizing on the line you ask me if i want to die yeah i do i do i do (laughs) yeah it's so fun and catchy but it's so dark Um, the whole time you're having this like serious conversation the cat is just under the chair hitting my fucking feet with his fucking death (laughs) blades like and i'm trying to ignore it he just keeps fucking smacking my feet (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) like spooky um all right 
Do you guys got any more on heart beaten by the police? I mean, I was just going to also add to like what Justin said, where it's like I or whoever said that you didn't even realize that it wasn't a dopamine song. Like, that's why I said I think they picked such a good song to cover because they did it justice. But it also just fits in with like what they're doing and their lyrical content and everything else. And it's just it's it's great. They did a really good job for sure. And then you go into business paper reprised reprised for breeze for breeze for breeze for business papers for breeze papers for breeze gonna make those Uh, business papers smell real good jesus christ everybody focus i hope chucker never responds this is nightmare this is nightmare (laughs) (laughs) this is nightmare (laughs) Obi never responds. This is nightmare. Oh my god, Poots is a fucking Poots, mess. Get it together. Oh Jesus Christ, Poots. I my notes just say that like I thought it was an interesting like revisit to like. Well, yeah, I said all that fucking shit for the last however many songs, but like really, it's not so bad. And like you know, it's not really that bad. And like there are these positive things and these positive influences. But yes, thank you. Old Crow. Uh, (laughs) Hell yeah. I have in my notes for this song, like, it's the big reveal. It's that they're not actually this mad. They're just venting their frustrations and getting this shit out. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, in my mind, I connected it to, like, why do people always ask why you listen to such angry music? Which, whether it's metal or punk, the yelly music. And this is why, like, there are terrible things. Life sucks to an extent, and you have to find a way to release that. And this is the way the dopamines are doing it, and this is the way a lot of people connect to that shit. Like, I want to be in the crowd screaming, throwing a beer at this fucking band, giving them the finger, screaming along to their lyrics while some guy has his asshole out on stage, and just, like, get that fucking <laughs> frustration out of, like, how shitty my day job is. Like, it goes back to fucking business papers and all that shit. Sometimes life sucks and you don't know what to do about it, so you write some fucking songs and scream about it. But then at the end but of I this record, the around- they come out and say, ah, just kidding, I'm not actually this pissed off. Like, everything's actually right. kind of yeah. okay. But, like, sometimes shit sucks, so, like, this is how I'm getting it out. I'm sorry, my drunk ass was just about to be like, yeah, but like that I mean that like it still does sometimes suck, but it doesn't always t- like totally yeah, suck. Yeah, like, you know? it sucks, like- <laughs> but it doesn't always sucks. And like when you look back on these shows and the like, whether it's shows or parties or whatever, like these are the best nights I've ever had. Like I'm singing about being miserable, but I'm fucking in love with singing about how miserable I am to all these people and having right. a good time about it. Um, yeah, I really enjoy this song. Yeah, it's great. It's a great callback, and it really ties the record together. And I just, I agree, like, it just seems like it's a song about coming to terms with the life that he's chosen or has been guided into. Also, coming to terms with the happiness he now feels and leaving the old shit behind because it's so easy to continue feeling angry and negative and yes. focusing on those things, it's sometimes really hard to admit the fact that you're actually happy with what you have going on in your life, because then you don't. Because some you you work so hard to get out of that anger and that sadness that when you finally feel happy, you're like, so what do I do now? You know? Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not really all that sad. These are the best times I've ever had. And then the line after that is, after this line, you won't see my ass on this mic again. And um. <laughs> I just, I think it's really funny because it's like he's saying like, oh, I'm happy now. I don't need to be doing the shit to make myself happy anymore, like whatever. But also just that reference of like quitting music and also feeling like I'm, I always say like, oh, I'm just going to fucking quit music, you know. And then listen, listening to interviews and reading interviews where he just, I found out that he just constantly said he was going to quit music. Like he just was always like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm like I, the, the, the dopamines are done. And he was like, oh yeah, this is supposed to be the last dopamines record. And it might be, but it may, I mean, it might not. Cause we already have some other stuff going, but basically yeah. he's just like, you know, this might, I might quit the band because if it ever becomes not fun, then I don't want to do it anymore. So I'm so afraid of it not being fun that I might quit before it's not fun, you know? Yeah. So I thought, um, I, th- I think it's funny to tie all that shit in. Yeah. And 
Um, I got I got these notes here for this song. Only sellouts bookend records. Only sellouts <laughs> say things aren't that bad. Only sellouts fuck up the end of a song. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I'm a sellout because I have bookended my notes because I started with saying that an intro song is a fucking sellout move by a punk band. <laughs> also, you fucking that is, sellout. <laughs> yes, that is obviously just poking some fun at them. Uh, shall we move on to everybody dies the finale let's do it poots can you do it can you power through oh my god yeah <laughs> are you here poots happy i don't know if you saw it but there was a point while you were talking that she was just petting the cat <laughs> it's because she doesn't give a shit about what i said oh my god she was listening to you yeah i actually anyway. was but like he was being all fucking cute and fat and i picked him up no i know he was that's cute. fine anyway everybody dies uh it's everybody dies it's a perfect title for the last song of a record. It is. For me, this is also in the running for my favorite track. This song yes. is so damn good. This also sounds like a song that could be advice for his son. You know, just coming to terms with life. Kind of the same things that are going on with the rest of the, re- the record, like questioning past, looking to the future. I really enjoy the line, if I could go back, or if I could go forward in time, miserable from nine to five, I'd look myself right in the eye and say, you did just fine. And in the lyric sheet, it says you did just fine. But in the actual song, it sounds like he says you're doing just fine, like actually doing just fine. So like in the written form, you did just fine. It kind of sounds grim, like the future doesn't hold enough beyond that nine to five job. But then in the song, saying you're doing just fine it sounds more hopeful to me like hey you're stuck in that yeah. nine to five but you're doing you're doing fine man like that's that's what you need to be doing right now and to me that just has like a more hopeful outlook than the rest of the record yeah. does even though it's saying yeah. like hey everybody dies like that's that's dark and it's but it's true but at the same time it just seems more hopeful to me yeah it's a it's a weirdly inspirational song of like yeah life sucks and it's hard and you're gonna learn a lot and fuck up a lot but everybody dies so we're all gonna die so do the thing that you need to do and find a way out find a way to just like be fine in whatever aspect that may be yeah yeah i didn't really take any notes on it but this song does like i think i was too afraid to deep dive into these lyrics because it does get kind of deep like and i have my own shit with i think everybody does have their own shit with death and and how they perceive it and and all that kind of shit so it's it's a pretty blunt statement and i i agree with you i think it might be a little bit towards his son like a little bit of a a statement to him Um, but also to himself because he talks about going back in time and telling himself uh that everybody dies and it's also I think that's him telling that's what he should tell his son because it's what he wishes somebody had told him when he was younger. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry. Can I go? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I decided. Okay. So I didn't write this down, but I was thinking it and I'm so glad it popped into my mind. I think right here is the perfect bookend. Okay. So King of Swilling is parts one, two, and three. It's past, present, future. In Everybody Dies, he revisits the past by talking to his, what would he say to himself? And then he talks about the present where he's been drunk, he's been high, he's fallen down, almost died. Then he goes to the future and says, hey man, you're doing just fine. It's the perfect, like he revisits the past, present, and future. Holy shit. It could be Everybody Dies, part one, two, and three. That's, That's an amazing connection. It. I, uh, I assume they didn't drunkenly do that <laughs> on purpose, but they yeah, may have, they may have, they may though. have, they may have, but that's, that's yeah. a great perspective to, uh, to take in. And that's why I love that you're on this podcast because you see those kind of, you make those connections that I clearly Aww. did not see at all. But, uh, yeah. What do you got? <laughs> what do you got? Poots? Well, I was going to say, but like the line, the yeah, the barrels burn much brighter underneath the bridge of ire, but the flames will reach much higher if you set the bridge on fire. Oh, my it's just God. Very yeah. much like it's just like, <laughs> yo, yeah, it might be good being pissed off about that situation. But if you just say fuck it 
and burn it all the fuck down and just like do what you want to fucking do like yeah. I, it's kind of positive really like that's the thing like it's just like everybody dies but like you gotta fucking make the best of it and forge your own path and like do what you gotta yeah. do like it's yeah. easy to be angry about your situation and like it's really easy to bask in it but like saying fuck it is like the best and like most productive thing you can probably do in most situations so yeah i mean i think it's sometimes just accepting your own mortality if you can accept that you can do so much more because you're not worried you're not confined to like being like i need to do so much right you know it's like yeah. oh i'm gonna die someday so i'm just gonna do what i need to do right now in this moment yeah for it, sure it's it's cliche and cheesy to say but it's just like live in the now yeah. be in the moment you're gonna die so do what you need to do right now and fuck anything that's in your way it's I, it's a great closer it's really tough t- for me to decide like which track is my favorite king of swilling or this one especially like thinking they both kind of relate to each other with the whole like past per, uh past present future um but i gotta say i love the fucking ending of this record where he's just doing the the ahs and woes or whatever he's doing at the end like yeah. after the song ends it just i don't know it's really cool it's really nice it, it kind of goes back to that falling apart aspect from earlier in the record yeah it kind of does fall apart at the end and it's just him yeah. ooing and eyeing at the end to kind of close it out uh i think it's a great closer it's meaningful it's passionate and i think we did it i think we talked I about we this fucking record and got real drunk in the process um yes we did i'll just go over some quick notes i have I love the drums on this record. They're like punk drums, but they're more elaborate than punk drums to an extent. Mm -hmm. They're nothing Mm -hmm. crazy, but they fit so well in the way that they punch and hit. And like, it's a little more in depth than like your normal punk drums. Yeah. You know, they're very inspired by no effects and no effects. Like smelly, the drummer is a great drummer, but there's kind of that no effects drum beat that you you're used to. Mm Mm-hmm. He's every song is like its own unique drum thing. It's not like a lot of of the same shit. And like it has punk drum aspects to it, but he puts all these different fills and like extra kicks and stuff in there. Yeah. I just really like the drums on this record. Oh, for sure. I I really do too. I think it's really interesting now looking back hearing how John wrote like a bunch of like metal sounding riffs and he was working mostly with the drummer and the drummer was like, I got to rein you back in here. We're going to cut this and we're going to do this thing. So there's some parts where you hear like, this could be, this could turn into like a metal rock riff or something, but the drums don't allow it to do that. It keeps it in the punk realm and that's really cool. And I, I think that's really great. And I also just, I love They'll be grooving on something, and then he's just like, ah, fuck it. It's just like that yeah. that punk beat super fast, and it just hits, and it's so – I can't – it feels really unique to this band because yes. I feel like there's bands that only do that, and there's bands that only do the other style where he kind of like blends them together. He's a blend of style. It's really good. Um, yeah. And like you said earlier on, like – Sometimes he pulls it back together, like, oh, the mm-hmm. fucking everybody else is so wasted or whatever, you know, like, and getting kind of sloppy. And for being somebody who's also wasted, he's really good at pulling the band back into being a solid, you know, coherent band. Mm-hmm. That rhythm section has got to pull it together. <laughs> um, Anybody else got a random note? Uh... Anybody want to, do we want to tell a story? I think maybe the only story I have is... I think we know, got more than one story. We, we probably got more than one story. We definitely need to post the before and after pictures of yes. us seeing the dopamine. So, oh, the yes. first, <laughs> so the first time I actually saw the dopamines was with uh, Jaywa and Poots. At least, I mean, I'm, who knows? I may have stumbled into a set in the previous fest. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know, but I may have. But that yeah. first time where I was like, this is where we're going to see them. And they played two nights in a row. It was ridiculous. It was so great. And 
loving this album so much they came out and they opened with the intro they went into king of swilling they did ire right after and they did business papers i think that's where they stopped with the record and then like kind of switched it up but just seeing them perform the album that way like from the beginning was really awesome and very cool to see it was insane they did two nights they did old stuff and then new stuff um Mm -hmm. a butthole came out pulled down his pants and spread his fucking cheeks and was showing the whole crowd his (laughs) asshole from the stage and no one was offended Nope, everybody was fine. And then at one point, Chucker Chucker had given up playing guitar because he was so wasted. He gave his guitar to Mikey Erg to play the songs. <laughs> yep. And he was doing his best Henry Rollins impression. Yeah. And I just remember, well, the asshole was out. Like, <laughs> Chucker looked over and he was just like, I didn't realize he had his asshole out. Like, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. And then they just continued like it was not that big of a deal that someone is just sticking their finger a little bit into their butthole. It you know, was really weird and really wild, but like no one was phased by it I at think, the time. I think most people, even <laughs> even when it even when it was pointed out, I don't think anybody knew it was happening. And also, you know, assholes are really small. You can't see them. <laughs> From, but you know. <laughs> if you don't mind, I got another. My first time seeing the dopamines at Fest. We all saw them together for the first time at Fest, uh, but I saw them, I think, the year before, or maybe two years before. And this was still in the period where I was trying to convince Pappy to get into the dopamines. Um, <laughs> burp and then a burp and then I got burp. the burps burp. but I knew I like liked the dopamines I knew expect the worst and I was like well they're playing fest I'm gonna go see them I don't know if it like crossed over with any other bands or what but I was just like I'm gonna go see them it was kind of late it was at 8 seconds which kind of sucked which we can talk about another thing in a second I think you know what I'm talking about um but yeah, I'm at eight seconds, and I am fucking shit faced, and I'm just like leaning against one of the, the like the one bar where I can still see the stage, and I don't know the band super well. Like I'd listen to Expect the Worst a bunch, but I was just like, this fucking rules. Eight seconds sucks. Whatever. I'm shit faced. I'm probably like drinking more whiskey, and I shouldn't be. And again, what happens? I look to my left. Oh. That's Jeff Rosenstock from Bomb the Music Industry, <laughs> like five feet away from me, like with another buddy. And I'm just like checking out the dopamines. They're cool as shit. Also, Jeff Rosenstock, my fucking weird idol is fucking next to me. Like this is the dude who made me think of getting into this band is also standing right next to me at the bar in eight seconds at Fest a couple of years later. He's just standing there like fucking cokeheads, just heckling yeah. them. Yeah. Fucking assholes. <laughs> So I guess that does confirm that he does like that band. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, that was just really funny. And then to go back to that podcast we were listening to mm-hmm. uh, that you presented to us, Anxious and Angry, John, the guitarist, Chucker, was talking about him being at eight seconds. And I don't know if it was the same year or not. In my brain, I've made it the <laughs> oh, same yeah. exact time. He was talking about how, uh, and I know I'm telling somebody else's story, but fuck it. Uh, him and a buddy were at eight seconds at Fest getting shots and they both had to piss really bad. So instead of going to the bathroom, they pulled their dicks out and just pissed at the bar while ordering their shots and taking their shots and laughing their asses off. And I like to think that I was standing in their piss. (laughs) That just sounds exactly like something that would happen at eight seconds though like that place is so gross and Mm. it smells like piss and i love fest but i fucking get so bummed every time a band i love is playing at eight seconds as you know yeah the band that's where you got barfed on right josh the bands get really bummed that they have to play there they do they hate it and like i know that like the dopamines didn't like playing there and then like i watched (laughs) I like really used to love restorations and I think the last time I saw them at Fest, their vocalist borderline threw a fucking tantrum about the lighting. 
at eight seconds, like stopped a <laughs> fucking song and like threw his hands in the air and was like, stop putting these lights in my face. Like, it's just like, oh, I feel it's like, like that's the least of your worries that's, though at eight seconds. That is definitely the least of your worries. Like if that's the thing you're going to get dramatic about, maybe let's talk about how bad the fucking sound is at yeah. eight seconds. But like, I mean, uh, like whatever it's great that they're a venue that allows fest to do shit but like yeah. someone pissing on the floor at the bar while they're waiting for their shot is like yeah that definitely happened at eight seconds like that's true if i put a taco in my fanny pack and snuck it into that eight sounds- seconds oh my fucking god tell I the will- goddamn taco story <laughs> I know it's not dopamine's related at all, but we need a recorded version of this fucking taco story. Yeah, it's true. Uh, So I think the both of you were at eight seconds, which was probably Cowboys at the time because the name yeah. changes every <laughs> changes every year. year. I think we were seeing, was it City of it Caterpillar? Was City of Caterpillar. It was City of Caterpillar. Yes. And I had been out seeing something else, but like knew I was going to eight seconds to catch as much of City of Caterpillar as possibly good. Is it a whiskey time? All right. Um, <laughs> Bottle shots. <coughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh, that was bad. That was bad. Yikes! In honor of eight seconds, I guess. Yes. Anyway, Dude, R.I.P. Eight, eight seconds to Cowboys. Back to eight seconds, and now it's Knockin' Boots Saloon. Oh, and God. by the time oh. Fest 2021 rolls around, you know it's probably going to be eight seconds again. No, you know what it'll be called? Tell me. Out of business. No, it'll be called. <laughs> it'll be called Knockin' Boots. Saloon, because I'm gonna buy it. Because you're gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it. I just love that the. Oh Listen, God, damn! The ATM I, I, outside of that place looks <laughs> fake. Like it, it looks, looks like if you put your card into that, it's you're getting it's your gone. identity. It's stolen. just a person on the other side of the wall <laughs> like, that, that just, just takes, takes your it. card and leaves. Yeah. Like, um, I'd like to it's request. So scary. I re- I request sixty dollars, and then like two dollar bills come out, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> And it's like, uh, and with a note that says, I just stole your information. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, so I had been out at a different show, and I was going to meet up with uh, Pappy and Mr. Jaywat at City of Caterpillar at 8 Seconds or Cowboys or whatever the fuck it was called at that time. And I was like, I'm drunk. I need a taco at Flacco's. And so I go into Flacco's, and... Uh, Pappy, I think, maybe had texted me and was like, I'm hungry. And he didn't know I was in line at Flacco's. And so I got some extra tacos and I shoved them, hard shell tacos, and I shoved them (laughs) in my fanny pack. And I run over to the only venue that's like checking bags at that time. And they search my fanny pack and don't notice that there's tacos (laughs) in there. Like, I fucking bust out my ID, and they, like, search my fanny pack, and there's, like, two tacos rolled up in foil in there, and they don't say anything. They're just like, all right, go ahead. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I thought I was going to have to shove that in my face right here, right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I roll in, and I am just like, I am the coolest baddest bitch in the whole world right now and I just walk up and open my like fucking little like pouch and I'm like check this out yeah, <laughs> I was so shocked as hell and so appreciative it was wonderful so that was contraband like, Jay pal and I are hanging out at 8 seconds I believe we were talking to the dudes from um Life in Vacuum yeah it was Life in Vacuum, vacuum. And we were also talking to the boys from Caution Children in uh, Jillian yeah. Carter. Yeah. Name yeah, dropping. We're, yeah, we're all hanging out, having a good time, like waiting in like poots. And just like comes in, comes up to our circle and just like unzips her fanny pack and pulls out these two <laughs> aluminum things and hands them to Pappy. And like we were all just like, that's insane. You brought tacos into eight seconds. Amazing. Oh. And then you I don't ate, know how jealous I was. I ate I ate those delicious fucking tacos from Flacco's and like, let me tell you, I ya. was just so drunk. I thought it was like the funniest fucking thing. Like it I was, was just like, it was, it was fucking so hilarious and mind blowing. Like I was so wasted. I just don't know how I didn't smash those and have a yeah. taco salad. Yeah, hand that's him. the thing. Like, you got them at Flacco's. You shoved them in your fanny pack. <laughs> Hard shell tacos brought them in. They were yeah. in pristine condition. Yes, they were. Pristine. It was <laughs> Does that mean I'm just really good at being drunk? I think I think what it means <laughs> like, is that you would be the... you would be like a really good drug mule. <laughs> great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that's what that means. I just do not understand. Like, I feel like what happened is when they searched, because you know they search when you, like, go into that place. Like, they saw it, and they were, they had to have been just like, I'm not going to deal with this drunk-ass bitch right now. Like, I'm not going to deal with it. They probably opened it and, like, looked, but they just kind of pat it. They were probably like, doesn't feel like it. I was so scared. I thought they were going to crunch them. No, no, no. No, they were probably they were probably like, doesn't feel like a knife. Zip back up, you're good to go. <laughs> She's like, that yeah. feels like cartel taco. Not gonna crunch too hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you were at Flacco's. Cool. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not a drunk college kid. Like, yeah. smuggling Taco Bell in. You're like bringing yeah. like good ass food in here. But like, they knew you could smell that it was tacos. Like. The way like, you like rolled up on our circle, like you were just like, <laughs> sh- everybody shut the fuck up and check out what I did. <laughs> yeah. But then little did I know that there are fucking people pissing at the bar while they're ordering right. shots. So like, I guess it's Piss just all over like, the floor. it's just like, what the fuck ever in eight seconds, you know? <laughs> the dopamines is a fucking insane wild and fun time and you never know what's gonna happen and also the fact that none of us made it to the second set last year says a lot about what it's like to see the dopamines was it the year before or two years before that we did see both two. sets it was two three years because then the three well, it was three years because they took a year off like we saw them twice and then it was a year off and then we saw them yeah the following yeah, 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 year right yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah. The first year they played two nights. It was Saturday and Sunday night at Fest. The first night was insane. The second night was insane. Because that was the <laughs> night that, like, the Chris Gethard crew was there. That was the night Mikey Erg was there playing guitar with them. They were a shit show. It was a shit show, but it was so much fun. Like, Chucker was f- fucking fucked. And he stopped playing guitar. Like I said, like, Mikey Erg, he got Mikey Erg to play guitar, who used to be in the band. Mm-hmm. Um like at least a touring member playing second guitar with them um so he knows all the songs and is not a total shit show like the rest of them and then yeah chucker was just doing like he said something about oh i'm gonna do my best fucking henry rollins and he was doing like that weird like yep fucking dance (laughs) shit like henry rollins he kept just like putting his hand on his hip and like yeah. leaning and like forward with over, it, like, yeah. <laughs> like you can't see this at home, but yeah, he just kept leaning over, and then he was yeah. doing the fucking classic chucker where he's just like banging oh, his head, head, the head whips. I don't know how he does. So that just made me dizzy. I just got dizzy. <laughs> I believe old. it was it was that set that they ended, and they said, um, "Do drugs, fuck a stranger." God. I think is what they closed with. They said, "Thanks, for, thanks. Have a good night. Do drugs. Fuck a stranger." Oh, and then it must have been Sunday after the Saturday night set. Sunday, I was going back to the hotel with Party Matt Nasty, our boy. He's gonna be on an. He'll episode. be on here. And as we're walking down the hall to our room, I'm passing John and John, the bass player and guitarist of the Dopamines the day after Saturday and all I said to him was just like good to see you're still alive and they just both <laughs> laughed at me and were just like uh huh and just kept walking and I was just like that's all I said just like glad you lived through that night like we're gonna do this again tonight <laughs> and also I think that was the we're pretty sure they were doing wrestling matches till like 5 in the morning in the uh, hotel room like adjacent from us oh yeah, yeah that's right. we that's think right. we determined that they were staying next to us because we kept hearing like fucking wild ass shit next door like and whoever was next door to us like i would get up in the morning to shower or whatever and you could hear from the other bathroom just somebody profusely vomiting (laughs) (laughs) like it was violent like every time one of us was in the bathroom we'd come out and be like did you hear the person next door just like (laughs) just a fucking stream the whole time like oh god we should have a whole like mini so dedicated to our favorite fest stories oh, yeah, for, for fest sure. being yeah. not happening this year. Mm. I think I would die inside if fest didn't come back. Um, don't say that. Would, don't say I that. I would too. Let's not put. That I mean, on I there. would. I would too. But don't. Let's not talk about. Yeah, that. Yeah, we're not gonna say that. Let's not talk about that. I think that somehow wraps it up. <laughs> we will edit this down. 
but we are at four hours and two minutes right now. <laughs> oh, God. We can get this. I'm this so is going to be a fucking long one. If I can get this under two hours, it's going to be a fucking miracle. We knew this was going to be long, though. If you made it this far, we love you. Honestly, that's amazing. Yeah. And we're sorry, probably. <laughs> we're so sorry. We're so sorry. That's going to wrap it up for Tales of Interest. So shout out Dopamines. Fuck yeah. This record rules. We love it. But with that being said, Pappy, did you have something? You had something. Oh, I was just going to say um, we really enjoyed this record. If you want to check out anything else that we really enjoy, check out our talesofpinterest.com. Um, we <laughs> it's not. No. Nope. Link to all of our favorite things on talesofpinterest.com. We don't even know what that is. That could be a porn site. You don't know. It's, no, of, it's just our personal Pinterest. We don't have one. Tales of Pinterest. We don't have that. Okay, don't look. I'm sorry if I directed you to porno. Hey, we have a Spotify I, playlist, though. No, continue. Listen, uh, everybody shut up and listen to me, because I'm the, the goddamn host. Go to Pales of Tintress. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> stop. No. You no, don't know what uh, that is. It could be so weird. Pales but of Tintress. If you don't want to look at pale sins, <laughs> sins a pale full of sins, we have a Spotify a Spotify play, playlist. <laughs> We're listening to Soulfly the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> this is staying in. We have a Spotify playlist. Where we only have tracks of the flies. <laughs> of, of the flies and soul fly. Got you where I want you. Fuck, uh, copyright. That wasn't 10 <laughs> seconds. Anyway, Spotify playlist. <laughs> we each pick our favorite track from the records we talk about. You can check it out. We're also on Instagram. We have a fucking website. We have some other shit. Maybe Poots knows what it is. <laughs> Wait. You can find us on all the, like, main podcasting stuff. So, like, podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, our website, a bunch of other shit I don't understand or know about, but it's all there, and we're my friend's favorite records. I like that you said that you can find us on all the things. Podcast. Podcast. Apple Podcast. <laughs> podcast. You can find us on podcast. Yeah. Well, fuck you. I'm wasted, but, like, it exists. We're everywhere. We're on we're Insta. Everywhere. Well, you know the my only friend's thing we're favorite not on? records. Google it or something. We're like my the favorite friend's records. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we're on some social meds. <laughs> um, but oh wait, sh- what the fuck are we doing? What we did this week? Tales of interest. But now that that has been ended, we <laughs> restart the cycle, and now it's time for Poots to assign the record for next week. What do oh, you got, Poots? Uh oh! Y'all ready for I'm this? Worried. Hold on, <laughs> here we go. Taylor <laughs> go Swift. Taylor. Taylor Swift. I wouldn't be mad. Uh, no, I I actually really thought about it, but I I have to say I don't. I if I was gonna if I was gonna so so swiftly. Why don't you swiftly tell us what your actual pick is? Now, if I was gonna, if I was gonna assign you a Tay Tay record, I would have to know that I actually love it, and I really kind of want to assign you guys the new record, but I don't know that I love it yet, so I don't think that's really fair. Um, fair enough. So fair. what I have for you both is "Reverse the Curse," "Hither and Yon." Hither and Yon. Correct. You got it. So I don't know if either of you are familiar with this band. I've definitely put them on on that long, long drive to Gainesville. Um, They've got a little bit of metal elements going on, but they also have um, some, like, poppy kind of shit. Like, not super poppy, but, like, it's really interesting because, like, their first EP was, like, super, like, fest, straightforward. But, like, this record that I just assigned you guys is not that. Um, And I actually booked them. I've never seen them. I love this band. I love this fucking record. It's so good, in my opinion. I hope that you guys at least find some things that you like about it, because they're pretty different. Um, But I booked them. And then the day of the show, uh, 
some shit happened and I didn't get to fucking see them, but I bought them pizza and I don't think anyone really watched them and I wasn't there for it. And it makes me so sad because they don't play shows anymore and they're not an active band anymore. But um, that's my record. Reverse the curse. Hither and yon. Get ready to fucking dive into it, boys. Cool. I think I think you'll find things. I think you will each find things about it that you will enjoy. I have listened to a little bit of them because I was trying to go see them at that show and so i peeped them a little bit uh but i'm not super familiar with them by any means i have an idea of what this is going to be cool i can't wait to talk about it i have a lot to say about it um can i ask you pappy what is your brief history with this band besides poots putting it on on the way down to fest or like around the house sometimes I am not super familiar with the band, and I'm not super familiar with this record, but I did see them at Fest one time, and I think it was around the release of this record. What so, year? Uh, I'd have to, I, don't, I don't know off the top of my head. It was the year, it may have been 20, I think it was 2015. I think it was when we all first went down together. Could have been the year before. It could have been 2014. It could have been when Josh and I just went down. I was going to say, what? Was it either that or maybe the year I didn't go? No, no, no. It was either the okay, year so you and I went or it was the year all three of us went together, okay. which was the which was the next year. We got to do a deep yeah. dive into that because I want to see if it was something that overlapped with something that I really needed to see or if I just... Because yeah. I, I was aware of them and I really liked them at that point, so I feel I mean, like, I was there. Cool. I'm just... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right, we'll, <laughs> we'll fucking um, get into it. We'll get into it. Also... Cool band name. I like the band name a it's lot. It's a really good band name. Reverse very the cool curse. Yeah. And all of their yeah. material is like very different. I can't wait to dive into this. So. Yeah. I think Me it's going to be a yeah, fun I'm time. excited. Check back with us next week where we talk about Reverse the Curse album. Hither and Yon. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> tune back in. Tune tune in back next. <laughs> tune up. Tuna, tuna up your next tuna 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 can tuna fish sandwich for next week. The, the tuna fish sandwich for next week is reverse the curse, hither and yawn. And until then, you've been listening to my friend's favorite records and Where's, where's my shoes? <laughs> nice. It. Perfect. Alright, I'm gonna Got hit print. stop. I'm gonna pee.